The world has almost ended a few times in my relatively short lifetime. There was probably the most famous of recent history, Y2K, when we hit the new century and everything was supposed to fall apart, all computers were supposed to just simultaneously crash, it was supposed to be terrible. Then there was the end of the 5,126 year long Mayan calendar that happened in 2012 when folk braced for the worst. In addition, throughout time there have been other special groups who have believed the world would end, like Heaven's Gate cult in the late 90s who believed that the comet Hale-Bopp was a chance for them to upload their souls into a higher consciousness and so they committed mass suicide together. Often when these end-of-the-world things come, there are some who think that it's a bunch of malarkey and others who actually prepare. Near my cousin's home in Whitefish, Montana, there are many cabins built off the grid in preparation for Y2K. And these self-sustaining homes are tucked into the wilderness and they're built and stocked with non-perishable food items so that their occupants can ride out whatever happens. All of these folk who believe that the world was going to end at some point in time or another are not alone. Thousands of times throughout the ages, people have truly believed that the world would end. And each time, the world has not ended. It just keeps spinning. One does not have to adhere to end times theories to be prepared for disaster. There are thousands of Americans right now, for example, with an inordinate amount of toilet paper in their homes. Am I right? What happened to all the toilet paper? It could possibly be one of the most intense mysteries of the pandemic and we may never find out for sure but there's a lot of toilet paper out there somewhere and there are people who stockpile non-perishable goods just for a rainy day event or something and there's even people so skeptical of normal life that they always have with them a go bag a bag full of essential items so that they could leave at a moment's notice themes of the apocalypse and preparedness come up in our text this morning in a big way They remind us of our role in participating in the kingdom of God and how high the stakes are as we operate with mortal bodies in a finite space and time. The gospel this morning is the perplexing parable of the bridesmaids. Ten young women whose traditional role in the marriage ceremony was to usher in the groom with lamps, but who fell asleep on the job as the festivities got too long. A few of them had planned for any eventuality and were able to continue into the party because they had enough oil stored away. But those who had not prepared and had not brought extra oil, they missed their chance. Now, I have often heard this text read as a a story depicting people's ability to enter heaven. The idea being that the wedding banquet represents heaven and the groom represents Jesus and the bridesmaid demonstrate that some people will make it and some won't. That those who had prepared enough or were good enough or whatever enough would make it in and the rest would just be out of luck. But that's not a very Lutheran reading of this text. We do not hold theologically that people have a role in their salvation. We believe that our salvation is God's work and God's work alone. We believe that grace always comes down and a never-ending supply and that our own disability to be ready is more of a given than a failure or a surprise. After all, we're simultaneously sinners and saints. This idea that it is about heaven and people being left out also doesn't really hold with the way that Jesus spoke of the invitation to his reign. Jesus spoke of the reign of God as immediate and right now, and not so much an eschatological or end times event or even a geographical location. 
Eternal life is not something that begins once we die. We are already in the flow of it. The acceptance of this timeline simply frees us up to act in gratitude in response to God's grace and salvation. Eternal life is now. So I would posit that this parable of the bridesmaids is not speaking about heaven and people who remembered their go bag to get in and those who didn't. I think it is speaking about our ability and readiness to participate in the reign of God and experience it in real time right now. The young women who missed out on the wedding feast were not damned. They just missed out on a super cool party, an opportunity to co-create something beautiful with God. A cool party that would never be replicated quite that way again. A holy and finite moment. Would there be other weddings? I think so. Would these particular young women ever find themselves without the appropriate amount of oil for their lamps again? I think not. I think they learned their lesson. They don't want to be miss out on those holy parties ever again. How many of you have ever heard the term divine appointment? Okay, some of you. How many of you that have heard the term divine appointment grew up in the evangelical tradition? Yes, everyone. I remember this is a term from my evangelical roots. And it refers to something happening that we did not plan, but in retrospect, we realized that God did. It is perhaps an encounter with a person we, not, we might not normally interact with, or a place at the right time, or the right place at the right time kind of deal, or just a stunning sunset, or an amazing bite of something delicious. A divine appointment is something that happens, and we realize that it was a moment laced with the divine. These occurrences increase our faith and remind us that we are always and ever in the flow of God's love and grace. If we have eyes to see, divine appointments happen constantly. But if we do not have eyes to see, we may end up like the sleepy, ill-prepared bridesmaids and miss them. But do not dismay. Even the sleepy and ill-prepared will have another chance, I believe. So what might it look like for us to navigate our lives as though each day holds divine appointments, ordinary moments containing the holy? What if we were open to and ready for encounters with the other, the created world, and ourselves that brought us into amazing parties of grace and love and inclusion where we get to be co-creators with God? What if we saw each person we encountered, from barista to doctor to stranger on the street, as a possible divine appointment, an opportunity to share God's love, receive God's love, see God's grace, see a new and incredible version of Christ in the world? What if we got to participate in the reign of God daily just by being open to it and having our spiritual go bags, which looks less like bottled water and a bunch of toilet paper, and more like an open heart and a willingness to set aside our best laid plans? What if we had the willingness to allow every person, every situation, and every moment to become a divine appointment? I think it's an understatement to say that this week has been stressful. It has reminded us of what we have been mired in for a long time. That we are a divided nation that has very little bandwidth to listen, love, and respect each other. No president will change that. No political party will fix that. No legislation can transform our hearts. Only God's love can do that. 
And God's love does not operate as something that can be stored away for a rainy day or stockpiled and protected. God's love, like manna in the wilderness, only works as it is being lived in each moment, as we trust that in each moment we will have sufficient love and grace for whatever that moment holds. God's love is accessible in the now, in this divine moment, every moment and an appointment to experience the beauty of God. It is always available and in unlimited supply, but a closed fist can neither receive or offer it, and unmoving feet cannot spread it. Living in love is the spiritual go-bag that makes us ready for divine appointments, for co-creating with God. The world is not likely to end anytime soon, but we can do our part to participate in the reign of God and make each moment, wherever we find ourselves, an opportunity to celebrate God's transformational love and grace. Amen.